wants to use our body. God has a wonderful plan for our body. And uh, many times people will focus on all of the negative things. Now we'll look at some of them this evening actually. But, but many times people focus on all of that and don't realize that you know God has a wonderful plan for your body. Your body gives you authority in this earth. And as long as you're in this body you can make a difference in this world. And the Bible lets us know that God has given us authority. And it's actually your body that's a weapon in God's hands. So we want to use our body right. And we've ended up talking for the last couple of weeks. Really we've been looking at being a living sacrifice. But I've been looking at that from a couple of different angles. What leads us to being a living sacrifice? We looked at how love leads us to being a living sacrifice. When you walk in love, it's amazing how you're not interested per se in what you can do to get away with it. You're more interested in how is my, how's my life going to affect others? And you start living your life to affect others. How's it, how, how will my life affect other people? And love, um, Paul said the love of God constrains me. Do you know Paul allowed love to motivate his life and to impact his life? And it, it changed him how he lived because he loved people. It changed his actions. It changed um, what he got up in the morning for. Um, I, I was saying that the, 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 the flesh is selfish, but love is selfless. And when you live by love, it's amazing how that you start living a, a, self, a selfless life. So, so the flesh is selfish. Love is selfless. So love leads to being a living sacrifice. And then look last week at your destiny. When you have a race to run, you start to live a temperate life. Because you want to hit the mark in life. Amen. So I've been looking at these couple of things um, this past few weeks. But really I'm going to look at um, tonight, and I will end up talking about it the next couple of weeks. I'm going to look at walking in the spirit. And how important that is. If we want to, 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 to stay in a place where we, where we are effective. Amen. We want to stay in a place where we're effective for God. And I want to live in a place where my life is influenced by God. I want to stay in a place where my life is influenced by the Holy Spirit um, from the inside out. And really when you talk about uh, um, walking in the Spirit, really you're talking about living your life um, from God's viewpoint. You're living your life from the inside out. You're living your life by the influence of the Spirit of God upon your life. That's really what it comes down to. And um, look, I'm going to look at a couple of things along these lines over the next, the next um, few weeks. But, but um, let, me, let me just start off tonight just by, by saying, you know, I, I used to work in a factory here in the town years ago. And um, it was actually Danny's. But I can remember it was, there was a line that I ended up working on it for a long time. But it, was, it made the sausage rolls, okay? Do you know all the sausage rolls and... But I tell you, it was, it was one of the busiest lines in the place. I mean, it went from morning to night, and it was busy. So any time you had a hiccup, you know, it needed to be sorted because you had such a demand, and you had to get these, these sausage rolls off. But, but you know, the first day I, I was running the line, now I'd, I'd been on it helping before, but I ended up being put on to actually run this line. So I was responsible for, for all of the sausage rolls coming off. But the first day I was on it, Everything was going wrong. And I mean, I was standing on the line, right? And you had to position your fingers a certain way to help close them. Because, you know, they were meant to close, but they didn't. So you had, to, you had to learn how to hold your fingers a certain way. And you had to have a certain amount of flour, everything on it. And it had to run a certain way. But I can remember the first day I was on it, nothing was going right. And all the sausage rolls were all getting tangled up. And I mean, they were rolling up. And I could not 
for the life of me get it under control. I was sweating because, you know, it's like whenever you're around a lot of lads, they're all laughing and all and keeping me going. And it was getting worse and I was sweating and they were keeping me going. And this thing was winding up and winding up. But I had a supervisor who came over and he stood over the top of me, right? And he just stood there and all he did was tell me, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. And I couldn't. The more I tried to worship God, okay? To the point that he said to me, fix it that many times that I said, fix it. I said, you fix it. And I lifted, I mean, a whole load of them. I threw them. I don't know where all they went. I just lifted everything and I threw it. I mean, there was meat everywhere. And I just said, you fix it. And I walked out. Now, I got in the flash. Okay? <laughs> I didn't respond too well at all. But, but you know what it was? I was being asked to fix something and I didn't have the ability to fix it. Okay, but I was being put under pressure to fix it, and what happened was I just left, and then, um, oh, well, I I could have lost my job that day very very easily. He just basically gave me a verbal warning and said to me, "Look," um, he says, "Look, I was putting you under a lot of pressure." He said, "So I apologise for that." He says, "But you ever speak to me like that again?" He says, "You're out," because I I threw the sausage rolls at him. I just threw them everywhere. They were everywhere. I cracked. Sandy has ever cracked. <laughs> but I just lost it. But do you, know, do you know why I lost it? Because I had somebody telling me, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. And I didn't have the ability to fix it. And do you know what? That's what I'm going to talk on tonight for a bit. Because you know whenever it comes down to your body? Do you know, I'll show tonight. You know, your body's like Herbie. Do you, know, do you know Herbie the car? Do you know what? Like it has a mind of its own kind of a thing. And if you don't know how to get control of this thing, it's going to go its own direction. But you can't fix it yourself. And if you, if you try to do it in your own strength, you can't. And every one of us know what it's like to want to do the right thing, but you don't do it. And, but it's, it's because we have a flesh. So every one of us have a flesh. But the only way to get victory over our flesh, and we'll never be perfect. But the only way to have victory over this arena to where you can start taking charge of your life is to be able to do what I'm talking about here, walk in the Spirit. That is the only way that you can do it. So walking in the Spirit becomes a high priority in our lives if we want to do what God's called us to do because the reality of it is we have a flesh and it's capable of doing things that we don't want it to do. Yeah? We all know it because we have one. And so it's not, a, it's not a criticism. Sometimes people come in to criticize people. Look, we're all dealing with the flesh, every single one of us. But the way you get victory over it is not through willpower. Some people are into self-help. And self-help can't do it. Because it's based on willpower. It's what we're going to do. And the reality of it is, is we'll come to the end of ourselves. Yes, yeah, so some people try to do it that way. Um, some people want to just go and you know do yoga or something and try and, and try and do it that way or whatever. But you know what? Uh, uh, walking in the spirit is God's way of us dealing with ourselves. Amen. Now, um, yeah, or it's like you know what? Let me put it this way: Have you ever been Have you ever been asked to do something and you didn't have the tools to do it? You know, I was thinking about when I was putting this together, I was thinking about, you know, um, being dropped. Like, I worked in the building trade, but um, over the years, and, and you know, it'd be like being dropped with, you know, even all of the equipment there that's laying around you and said, you know, fix this or put that up or dig this hole or whatever it is, and you don't have the, the tools, you, you ha or you have all of the materials, but you don't have the tools. You can't get the job done. And it doesn't matter if somebody says, you know, just do it. 
And sometimes we say that the people are even say it themselves, or sometimes we'll say, I'm going to make this happen. But the reality of it is, is we, it will come through us, but the power back in it is not us. We can't make anything happen in ourselves. I have my own self can do nothing. But we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen. Amen. So it's, we, need, we need God's influence on our lives. Now, here's a, here's a scripture. He actually was um, read this last week, but let me just read this again. It says in 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 24, it says, um, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but only one receives the prize. And it says, So run that you may obtain. And every man that strives for the mastery is temperate in all things. You know, but it's saying there, the, the, it's talking there, if you want to win the prize, you know, you, you, you have to be temperate in every area of your life. You have to keep your, your body under. You have to have discipline in your life. But that discipline is not self-discipline. That discipline comes from God. God gives you the ability to be able to have a temperate life. And then it says here, now, the, the, now these um, things do, uh, they do to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. I run, or I therefore run, not on, as uncertainly. So fight I not as one that beateth the earth. He's saying there, I'm not, a, not like a shadow boxer. I'm actually, when, when, I, when I take a punch, it, it counts. I mean, you know, we're fighting a good fight of faith. Amen. Amen. So we've a race to run and we're with a fight as well. So I want my, my, my fists to count. So I'm not shadow boxing. I'm not throwing, you know, punches in the wind and they're not making an impact. And Paul's saying, I want my life to count. I want to run and finish my race. But to do that, Paul said here in verse 27, look what it says. But I keep my body under and I bring it. Notice he calls his body an it. See, some people are more conscious of their body. That's where they get their identity. Some people take their identity by their looks. But our identity is not based on our looks. Our identity is based on who we are in Christ. So some people look at themselves and they're never going to be happy with themselves. They always see things that are wrong. But we have to get past us and realize that our body is just a knit. It's just a shell. It's our clothes. Now we're meant to look after it and do all of those things. But the reality of it is we've all got, you know, areas that we would change with our body. Nobody has a perfect body. You know, you see these magazines and the airbrush, everything, and, you know, and the, they make people look perfect. And, and they make people look skinnier than what they are and all of this kind of stuff. And the, the people that's in the magazines after they've done all the Photoshop, and they don't exist in real life. You know what? People's just, most people are just ordinary. Have you ever noticed that? They're just ordinary people. You know, and outward. And sometimes there's this false impression and people, you know, look at, they take all of their identity based on their appearance and all of those things. But you're a lot deeper than that. Paul didn't focus on his body. Paul focused on the inward man. And Paul said, I, the spirit man, I bring my body under. Okay? Now, what he's saying here, and I bring it into subjection, least by any means when I've preached the others, I should make myself a castaway. Now, uh, you know, it's, it's, and this is easy to say as I bring my body under. Okay? But there's a famous quote that Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, I, I, my body doesn't tell me what to do. I tell it what to do. Okay? He said, my body doesn't tell me what to do. I tell it what to do. And actually, actual fact, there's a story where Lester Summerall, who was a great man of God, but he went to see Smith Wigglesworth. 
And when he met him, he said to him, he says, How's Smith Wigglesworth today? That was the question that he asked. And Smith Wigglesworth turned around and he said, Smith Wigglesworth doesn't go by how he feels. He says, I, I don't, Smith Wigglesworth doesn't tell me how I feel. He says, I tell Smith Wigglesworth how he feels. Amen. Amen. Now, that's great. And that's where we all want to be. We want to be in this place where, where I can say, I bring my body into subjection. I keep my body under. My, my body, like Herbie, who wants to do its own thing. It doesn't do its own thing because I am able to bring it into subjection. Okay? Now, just saying, I keep my body under, is not enough. And that's what I want to look at. Because you know and I know that you just can't keep your body under just through your own willpower. You can't keep your body under just through your own strength. That's why Paul said, I keep it. He's talking here about the spirit man. You see, Paul didn't live his life based on the outward. Paul lived his life based on the inward. And that's really where it comes down to walking in the spirit. You see, Paul didn't take his identity or who he was or the strength of his life did not come from who he was in the natural. The strength of Paul's life came out of his relationship with God. And the reason Paul could say, I keep my body under is because the spirit man was the dominant force in his life. And that doesn't come by chance. That's not just something I can say, do you know I can keep my body under? Because we all know, like that day I cracked up, I, my, I didn't keep my body under that day. We've all had experiences in our life where our body has been like, a, we, like that week are Herbie just driving itself. It doesn't matter where you, you, you say, I want to go this way, but it goes that way. And it's because we're more focused on the natural than we are on the spiritual. But you know what, if we want to walk in the Spirit, that's where you become more focused on what God says than what you say. That's where you become more persuaded by God's Word than you are persuaded by your words or anybody else's. You live from the inside out instead of from the outside in. And that's where the strength of Paul's life came from. But you can only do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't do it by yourself. And that's where I want to go with this here. Um, Tonight, because it's easy to say this, I keep my body under, but we know when you look at Paul's life, it didn't just happen in his life. It was because he walked in the Spirit. That's why he was able to do it. And it's the same with like Smith Wigglesworth. You know, people say, oh, that's great, Smith Wigglesworth said that. But they don't want to do what Smith Wigglesworth did in his life, how he lived his life. You know, Smith Wigglesworth had, had, had um, ingredients in his life that made him the man that he was, the man of faith that he was. Now, I'm not saying that we have to do what Smith Wigglesworth did, but, but I'm just going to show you. Like Smith Wigglesworth, the only book he ever read was the Bible. He didn't read anything else. That's what he read. Now, I'm not saying that we have to do it or you have to do it, but what I'm saying is when Smith Wigglesworth said, my body doesn't tell me what to do, I tell it what to do, he had a, he had a supply coming into his life. That was giving him the strength to do that. It wasn't because he just decided in his own strength and said, I keep my body under. Because you can't do it in your own strength. That's what I'm going to get to. You can't, neither can I. We need God's influence on our lives. Amen. If we are going to do what God's called us to do. You can't do it apart from him. And if you leave your life unchecked, this body will just run itself. Yeah? Because many know it has a set of desires. The Bible says your spirit has a set of desires, but so does your body. And whichever one you feed the most is going to get the dominance in your life. Whichever one you major on the most is going to get the dominance in your life. 
And so Smith Wigglesworth, he had a great relationship with God. I'm only saying him, there's been many other people that have been able to do the same thing. But when it comes down to it, it's not done in our strength. It's done in God's strength. And that's the only way we can live our lives if we want to be a success. In other words, you can't do your life apart from God and be a success. You have to do your life with Him. Amen? Smith Wigglesworth used to, used to say he would only go something like um, a few minutes without praying. Now, I'm not saying on your knees or anything, but Smith Wigglesworth had an ongoing relationship with God all day. He, didn't, he, he, he said he didn't pray long, but he didn't go long without praying. So, in other words, he had a relationship with God. And he, he had a secret to his life that enabled him to do things the way he did. Now, I'm just picking him out because he is, he is a, um, a figure in, in, in the move of God that, that really people recognize. He's a great man of faith. But there were secrets in his life that made him the success that he was. Now, I'm going to show a couple of these things like as we go along, we'll look at the Word. But, but you know, here's the reality of it. You can't do your life apart from God. You can't do your life apart from the Comforter. You can't do your life apart from the Holy Spirit. Now, our, the focus of our life is Jesus, okay? But to be able to even know Jesus and to have Jesus impact our lives, we need the Holy Ghost. That's why Jesus said it was more expedient for you that I would go away. Why? So that the Comforter would come. And you can't walk in the Spirit apart from the Holy Ghost. Now I could show a bunch of things that He does, but I'm going to get down to it that, that He influences our lives. And if you want to walk in the Spirit, you, you, you need to allow Him to work on your life. Amen. Amen. You have to allow Him. Because that's strength. To be able to put down the body doesn't come from us. That strength comes from Him. He lives on the inside of us. And in our spirit, our born again spirit on the inside of us, the Holy Spirit through our spirit enables us to be a success in life. And you can't do it apart from Him. Amen. Now I will get down to showing a couple of things as we go along in this. Um, how actually... You know, um, walking in the Spirit, how that actually comes about and how you actually end up walking in the fruit of the Spirit, okay? But let me look over at this here for a second. Here, we, we, I was referring to this here a moment ago, but in Romans chapter 7 and verse 14. Now, this is a real tongue twister, this portion of Scripture. And this is Paul, this great man who said, I keep my body under. But he didn't do it in his strength because here's Paul trying to keep his body under in his strength. And you know what? He can't. Just like you can't and just like I can't. We all, we all need God's help. And look, look here, Romans 7 and verse 14, it says, For we know that the law is spiritual. But here's the problem. I am carnal, sold under sin. Now, for us as believers, our spirit man is saved. And, and thank God that we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. But we still have a flesh, okay? But you don't have to see yourself as a sinner anymore, as by nature, because you have a new nature. But you still have a flesh, okay? All of us have this flesh. Verse 15, it says, For that which I do, I allow not. You know, it's hard even to read this, okay? Yeah. It says, For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. In other words, what he's saying is, the thing that I don't want to do, I end up doing. Yeah. And the thing I do want to do, I don't do it. Now this is this mighty man who said, 
I keep my body under. I bring it into subjection. And if you just read that alone, because I've heard that taught many times, and sometimes all it does is bring people into guilt and condemnation, because you just preach hard on sin at people. And sin's horrible. But you can't overcome sin by just preaching hard at people. Because you have a flesh, you have to learn how to, how to operate this thing, you have to know how you work as a human being. And you can't overcome the flesh by someone preaching hard at you and telling you, just fix it. Just fix the sausage rolls. That's like saying, just fix this mess in your life. I couldn't do it. Okay, and you can't do it. We all need help. That's what I'm saying. Paul's saying here, the thing I wanted to do, I didn't do it. And the thing that I didn't want to do, that's what I'd done. And it's a, it's a frustrating thing. Okay? <laughs> then it says here, if I, do, if I then do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. He's saying there's nothing wrong with the law. The law is good. The problem is, is the law can't fix you and the law can't fix me. And it's talking here about the Old Testament law. Okay? The, 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 um, the Ten Commandments. And all of the law in the Old Testament. You know, the law can tell you what to do, but it can't empower you to do it. Only grace can. Only grace can change your life. So Paul said, the law's good. I can't keep it. That's what he's saying. And then he said here, for now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwells no good thing. Many of you know in your spirit there's a lot of good things. Yeah. Amen. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. You're created in righteousness and true holiness. You're a child of God. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit unto the day of redemption. You know what? That's who you are in the, in the, in the Spirit. But in the flesh, me you know this flesh is Herbie. And he'll leave it. It has a set of desires and it won't do the right thing. You need strength to be able to deal with it. Okay? And then it says here... Um, Verse 18 again, For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwells no good thing. Look at this, For to will is present with me. You know, he's, he's saying, I want to do the right thing. I'm even willing to do the right thing. But how to do it? I can't seem to find it. So that's what I'm saying. You can't overcome the flesh and willpower. You can't say, I'm going to keep this thing under. No, you need to realize that it's through the Spirit to where he's energizing you and the inner man. To where your inner man can say, do you know what, my outer man is not going to run my life. It's not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to serve God. And I'm going to serve God with my body. And then here in verse 20 it says, Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. He's talking about in, in the flesh here. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Um, it says, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. And then he said here, oh wretched man that I am. He's talking about the outward man here, not the inward man. You're not a wretched man on the inward. You are, you are a child of the living God on the inward. You, you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. No, see, people take on this identity of the flesh. And, just, oh, and, and that's where their identity comes from. No, but Paul will teach you, keep reading. He's going to teach you the victory over the flesh is not taking your identity in Adam. It's taking your identity in Christ. Actually, it's backwards in, in chapter 5. So you see that your identity in Christ, that's where your victory is. But Paul said in the outward, my outward, my outward man can't do it. And neither can I do it in my mind. I just can't do it through willpower. Some people say, oh, I can do it through willpower. Willpower will not sustain you. 
Many of us have done our New Year's resolution, didn't go too good. Yeah. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do the other. Do you know what? You just can't do it in the flesh. There's no way you can do it, but you can overcome in the spirit. Amen. And then it says here in verse 25, here's the answer. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord that this is the only way that I can overcome this whole situation. You know, you can't do it, but you can do it in him. The only way you can overcome the flesh is through Jesus. That's it. You can't do it in your own ability. You can't do it in your own strength. And actually when it says here, Paul says, then with the mind I serve the law of God. That's basically what he's saying is, my mind, I'm trying to do it. And then he says, but my flesh is wanting to do the other thing. But the only way I can get victory is through Jesus. That's the only way. And when you come into chapter 8, then you see that Paul starts talking about that there, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And that's where our victory is, is, is being in Christ. You cannot have victory in your flesh. You cannot have victory through your willpower or through any strength or anything that you bring to the table. You have to look to Jesus and see yourself in Christ and start taking your identity from who you are in him. That's the only way you can overcome. Amen. There is no other way to overcome apart from the Spirit. Amen. Okay. And in chapter 8, I'm going to skip down a few things here, but this is really what he's getting to here. I'm just laying a bit of a foundation here this week. Just to, to stir thinking here, you can't overcome the flesh in the flesh. It's just not possible. And neither can you through the law. Okay. The Old Testament law. The only way you can overcome the flesh is through the Spirit. And that is the Holy Spirit in union with your spirit causing life to come and giving you the ability through his strength to overcome. And do you see any success that any of us have in our lives? Do you know who it come, came through? It came through him. Amen. We can never say, oh, I've done that because of me. No, all the glory goes to him because we can't do it. And the sooner we realize that, the greater it is for us because then we'll become more God dependent and we'll look to him every day. For his strength and his ability in our lives. Amen. Um, look over here Romans chapter 8. And verse 8. It says here. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But it says. But ye are not in the flesh but in where? The spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now. This is not saying that we don't have a flesh here. But it is, it is saying this. That you know you do have a flesh. But you know what? You're in the spirit. That's who you really are, okay? That's who you really are. You, when, before you were saved, that's how God seen you in the flesh. God seen you that way and you were not pleasing to God. But I tell you, to see whenever you came and you made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, you, you, are, you are his now. And the spirit of God lives in you and you are pleasing to God tonight. Amen? You're pleasing to him because you're, you're not in the flesh in God's eyes. Okay? You're in the spirit in God's eyes and the spirit of God dwells in you. And you have the Holy Spirit who came to live in you. And he's the one who's going to help you. You know, how many know he's your helper? Amen. Yeah? The comforter is paraclete. And, you know, it, it, it means several different things. But one of the meanings of it is helper. And he came to be your helper. You cannot do life apart from him and be a success. You can't. You just can't. He came to move in. And he's the one that's going to change you. Amen. Look, look what it says here. Look at verse um, look at, look at verse 10. It says, And if Christ be in you, which he is, you have Christ in you. That's through the person of the Holy Spirit. You have Christ in you. Thank God we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. He's in you tonight. Amen. 
And it says here the body is dead because of sin. What it's just saying here is, even though you're saved, you still have a body. Even though you're saved, you still have a fallen body. You still have a body that you're dealing with that doesn't have it all together. You still have a flesh, in other words. So you're in Christ, but you still have a body, okay? And then it says here, but you have a living part on the inside of you. The, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Because Jesus has moved on the inside of you, you have a part on the inside of you that has been regenerated. So that's the part we need to focus on. You, are, you, you have a body, okay? It still, it still can do the wrong thing. It can be very confusing sometimes as a Christian because you can have on the inside of you this spirit man that, you know, when you know you're a new creature in Christ Jesus, you know God speaks to you on the inside. You know that you have a relationship with him. Something changed in your life. I know at 19 years of age, I got saved at 19 and my life has never been the same since. I know something happened on the inside of me, but I still have Herbie on the outside. You understand? And it can, be, it can be confusing because on the inside you have these strong desires to serve God with all of your heart. You just want to do what he's called you to do. But you have this other part. And the only way you can deal with this is this is what he's talking about here. You can only deal with this outward and be a success in God by the Holy Spirit from the inside out. Amen. That's the only way you can do it. Look over here. It says in verse 11. It says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Look at this. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken what? Your mortal body. You see, now you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And he have a major impact on your body. I mean, you know, we can bring health and healing. Amen. I mean, you know, we can bring strength to you. I mean, you know, we can help you put down the areas in your life that have been controlling you. That's where true freedom comes because he brings true freedom to our lives. He can set you free. I, I look at this here. Let me read that again. It says, um, he shall quicken your mortal bodies. Look at this by the spirit that dwells in you. See, when the Holy Spirit moved in you, he came to help you. And he moved on the inside of you. And he is the life force that is on the inside of you that enabled you to have strength in your body to be able to do things to be able to put your body down to be able to bring your body under to be able to do what God's called you to do so that this doesn't run your life so that this isn't saying you're going to do this because I want to do this I want to feel sorry for myself today so I'm going to have a pity party no you have a part of you that rises up on the inside and you say no the joy of the Lord is my strength and I'm going to praise God at all times See, so you, you can have those feelings to do all of those things, but you have an inward strength on the inside of you. And that's why when you start focusing on who you are in Christ Jesus, Amen. you start to overcome in life. See, if you focus on the outward, on your body, and on everything that goes wrong in your life, every ache and pain, or every bad feeling, or every bad emotion, or how you feel, or how somebody made you feel, this thing will run your life, and it'll run your life amok. But if you live your life from the inside out, you start saying, no, no, in, in the spirit, man, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And you start living your life different. You can have the most miserable circumstances on the outside, and everything from the outside is telling you to be miserable and beat down. But if the spirit, man, is the part that you focus on and major on, it looks at it completely different. It may look and say, this is terrible. It may be a bad situation, but I've still got joy on the inside of me, and I've still got victory and I've still got hope that's why Paul and Silas could be in a prison 
and be beat and physically they had every reason to hang their heads and even hang their heads in shame because they were in prison and you know in the natural it looked like they were the losers and here these people are running around telling people about Jesus and now they're in prison and they're beat to a pulp but what did they do? They allowed the spirit man to dominate their lives and control their life I don't mean control it's not maybe the best terms lead their life is the best term influence their lives and they began to praise and worship God in the worst situation at their midnight hour why? because they were walking in the spirit amen and instead of buying into all of the, the fleshly desires of pity and all of those things which are very real and we all feel those things because we have these that's what I'm saying there's a conflict we have the desires to do the wrong thing or the self-pity or the self-loathing or beat ourselves up and punish ourselves and you know blame ourselves in life and and you know put yourself down and you know feel guilt and feel shame and feel condemnation you can do all that because all of those feelings come or you can start saying, you know what, my sins are as far as the east is from the west. My sins and iniquities he remembers no more. That's starting to identify with the Spirit. I'm a new creature. I'm not condemned. I tell you, Jesus took my condemnation and I am free. See, it's a different... See, that's, it's not saying you don't have a flesh. You do. But you have the Holy Spirit moved into your spirit, recreated you and sealed you. And you are a new creature in Christ Jesus and you have a life force from the inside out that gives you the ability to get victory in life. The Holy Spirit here is saying that he quickens your mortal body. Do you know what it's like? Do you know when you make a cup of tea? You take a tea bag and you stick it in the water. And that tea bag has wee holes in the bag. And what's going to happen is it's going to percolate. And what's in the tea bag is going to start getting into the water. Just by it sitting in and dwelling in it. And what happens is it just starts to percolate. When you have the Holy Spirit moved on the inside of you, it's like he starts to percolate your body. He starts to give you the victory over your body. And that's, that's what happens. That's why, that's why walking in the Spirit is so important. Walking in the Spirit is allowing the Holy Spirit to influence your life. That's really what it comes down to. Walking in the Spirit is being more conscious of the spiritual arena than you are of the physical arena that's what walking in the spirit walking in the spirit is being more word minded than it is carnally naturally minded that's what walking in the spirit is amen it's really what it comes down to i'll just read on down here look it says in verse 12 therefore brethren we are we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh in other words you you're you the flesh absolutely nothing just focus on the spirit man it says, if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. It's just what it's saying. It's only through the Spirit can you actually take the deeds of this body and actually bring them under. It's the only way you can do it. And sometimes people get condemned and get beat up and all of those things and it doesn't help. You know where your victory is? Start focusing on who you are in Christ. See, you focus on the outward. It's just, it's like a cycle of self-loathing, self-punishment. You ever done the wrong thing and know what you do? You beat yourself up. And you feel really bad, you go and get a big tub of ice cream. You sit and you cry and feel sorry for yourself and you stuff your face. Oh. 
And then you beat yourself, and then after a while, you see when you feel good about yourself after you beat yourself up because you feel like you have to punish yourself. Well then that there's whenever you get up again, then you go and you go another goal. Do you know what that is? That's just in the flesh. That's the flesh. You know the best thing you can do is when you miss it, is start to identify who you are in Christ. Because that's the only way you're going to get back to the Spirit and start to be able to overcome the flesh. And there's a lot of people who try to get people free from just preaching hard at them. But preaching hard never set anybody free. Preaching guilt and condemnation never set anybody free. The only way to truly get free is through the Spirit. Is by the grace of God. You cannot do it any other way. Amen. You just can't. There's no other way around it. Amen. I'm going to finish with this verse here this evening. But it's just catching that concept at the start. You have a body. It'll do its own thing. You can't overcome it in the flesh. Amen. Look at this verse. This is a real key verse here. And I'll take this up um, the next time we're together. But this really is a key verse here. Galatians 5 and verse 16. It says, This I say then, Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. I'll get back to that again. Okay, But it says here, For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. That's just saying there you have two sets of desires that are opposite. Sometimes you can't believe the things that you feel or the things that you think. And I hate it when people present it. Sometimes people present it from the pulpit even that, that you know, because we preach so hard that it nearly makes it out that everybody's wrong and the person behind the pulpit is right. And if they really be honest, every one of us deal with the flesh. There's not a one of us don't. We all can have thoughts come through our head that we're, oh boy, what am I thinking or not? Our feelings, our emotions. Joe, I, I, I was, again, I was on the building site one day, but I was, in, I was in, in the van and somebody provoked me one day in the van. I'd never done it before like this. Now I'm going to make myself sound bad throwing sausage rolls. And, but you know, but this day I was sitting in the van, there was a fella behind me and he just kept beeping at me on the site. And he was a real ignorant fella. And he, 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 he just came, he worked on the site as well, but you know what, he just came, he just, no manners with him whatsoever. He's like this all the time, but usually I just let him go. But... This day, he beeped on. Did you ever have somebody beep on? It just gets under your skin. I jumped out of the van. And I was at the side of the van coming along when I thought to myself, what on earth am I doing? And I turned around and went and got back in the van. <laughs> I'm glad the van was long enough that I didn't get to the end of it. It would have been a car. It would have been exposed. But it was coming along the van. You couldn't see me. I thought, what am I doing? What good is going to come out of this situation? And I went and jumped in the van, put my head down. <laughs> One second, or I had desires that just came to the surface that were just, you're thinking, why am I thinking this? Or why am I acting like this? The reality of it is we all need Jesus. I always say without, without Jesus, we're all Clark Kent. He's the one that makes us Superman. Anything good that happens in our life came through him. Amen. Now, here's the, here's the last part of this. It says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one to the other. So that you cannot do the thing that you would. That's what Paul said. The thing I want to do, I'm doing the wrong thing. And I don't, I, that's what he's saying. If you major on the flesh, you will, not do the very, you will not do the thing that you really want to do on the inside. Okay? It's, it's like you can have two different levels kind of a thing. Like you are a new creature on the inside of, of you. But if you don't focus on it. Say your level here is like a, 
That's the 30% that you, that you focus on the inward. But if you have a, a 70% up here where you're more naturally minded, it's not that you aren't a new creature on the inside, and it's not that the Spirit of God doesn't live in you, but it's just when you pump yourself so much of the natural and you've only a small uh, consciousness of who you are in the inward, you end up swaying that way to the natural. And that's why the natural has more dominance in our lives. But the more we swear this way and know who we are in Christ, the more strength we'll have to say no to this and to do what God's called us to do. Amen? That makes sense? But here in verse 18 it says, But if you be laid off the Spirit, see this is the key. If you be laid off the Spirit, you are not under what? The law. This is so, so, so important. That's what I'm saying. See, the law is a, the law is a perfect standard. Nothing wrong with the law. The law is good. It's righteous. It's holy. The problem is that the law can't fix you and it can't fix me. Because you see, the law, the law deals with you from the outside in. And all it does is it tells you what to do or not to do. Don't do this. Don't do that. It's just rules and regulations. But all it's doing is telling you, just like that guy on the line with me telling me what to do. Okay? But he didn't help me. The difference between the law and the spirit is this. The spirit, all of these, they all break it down. The spirit is on the side of grace here. And then you'll have works that are on the side of the law and all of those things in the flesh. So you, when it talks about the law, the law is dealing with your flesh from the outside. And all it's doing is it's telling you what to do, but it doesn't empower you to do it. It can tell you the right thing. That's why many times, you, you, if you've ever had religious teaching, you know what's the right thing and what's the wrong thing to do. But that doesn't mean to say you're going to be empowered to do the right thing. Okay? Because you're just told what to do or not to do. Don't do this and don't do that. You're a sinner. But you're just told what to do. Here's the difference between the Spirit. The Holy Spirit moved in. And He helps you overcome the flesh. He gives you the strength is a supply that comes from him under grace okay the law demands you to do the right thing but it doesn't help you it doesn't lift a finger to help you grace supplies you with the right thing to do it gives you the strength there's a supply from god that's why you're able to put down the flesh because you don't do it in your own strength there's a supply from god and it's really not that you don't even run around going, I'm not doing this and I'm doing that. There's a strength that just comes that you end up living for other things. That your flesh just has to take a back seat because the, the spirit man's the driving force in your life. Amen? I don't really like using those terms, driving force, but it's the leading of the spirit, okay? But you understand what I'm saying? So there's two ways people try to deal with the flesh. Number one, to try to do with the law, which is just tell everybody what's wrong and tell them fix it and stop sinning and you're this and you're that and you're the other and it's a finger pointing thing okay and just saying fix it fix it fix it fix it fix it but no help here's the difference between grace comes along and helps you one is from the outside one is from the inside the holy spirit moves in and he percolates from the inside out starts to percolate your life and you just start changing and you know what i found it's like it's effortless yeah. but you're doing things to focus on it purposefully but the outworking of it it seems effortless because it talks about the fruit of the spirit and fruit just grows and then it just grows and you end up seeing change in your life and you're like 
How'd that get there? You know what I need? You think afterwards, you know what? I used to really struggle with that. I don't have the same struggles with that anymore. Why? Fruit. You have a helper on the inside of you that is helping you overcome. Amen. Now, I'm going to take that up again um, next week. Thank God we have a lot of help from God. You don't have to do life alone. God never intended for us to do life alone. God intended for us to be God dependent. To live with Him. Thank God He moved in. Amen. God is great. You know, I, I was sharing actually in Athlone on Sunday. I was actually sharing on the Comforter, talking about the Holy Spirit, but um, coming as a Comforter, another Comforter who came to live in us and abide in us. But I was talking about how that Donna, at um, 13 years of age, that Donna, she was a Christian from when she was eight, weren't you? Eight, eight years of age, five years of age. But she went to a conference in Wales in, in, in Ray Bavin's church. During the worship and during that conference, God really spoke to her and ministered to her. Do you remember what the song was that you said? Was it Shout to the Lord or something? Wasn't it Shout to the Lord? So uh, this is like over 20 years ago this happened. Like, but Donna, at 13 years of age, she wasn't really turned on to God. She was in church and all, going to church and doing all of the things, but she wasn't really, her life wasn't really focused like God is my life. But at 13 years of age, she made a conscious decision there in the presence of God with her hands up that I'm going to serve God for the rest of my life. And I'm not going to backslide. And I'm just going to serve God come hell or high water. Do you know what? You can't do that in your own strength. You just can't. But you know what? For the last 20 plus years, over 20 years, that decision that night with God's help has kept her all of these years. And she's still, still pressing on serving God now. And God's still the center of her life. That doesn't mean to say you don't have challenges. But she made her mind up that God was going to be the focus of her life. And you know, the reason she's living her life the way she has for the last 20 plus years is because she has a helper who's helping her every day. She spends time with God. From that time, it radically changed her life. But it's become a relationship every day. That's where the strength comes comes through spending time with him and his word. Allowing the word of God to come in you. Allowing that to change you from the inside out. But you know what? That, I, I, what I'm saying is you can't make a decision like that in your flesh and in willpower. You need help. And it's God that's kept her all of these years. And kept her going. And is carrying her all of these years. Amen. And she needs all the help she can get because she's married to me. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Well, praise God. We'll leave it there this evening.